0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. My name is Elisa, and today it is Wednesday, November the twenty third, twenty twenty two. On the pod today, ooh, it's a good one. Is May Jacob, who is the co-founder of Vellum Health, and this episode is all about microdosing psilocybin for mental, emotional, and physical health. You might be asking, what is microdosing? Well. It is the practice of consuming a very low sub-hallucinogenic dose of psilocybin. So no, you are not hallucinating, all right? Uh, It's a sub-hallucinogenic dose of psilocybin. And what is psilocybin? Psilocybin is a hallucinogenic alkaloid. Yes, it does make you hallucinate and it's found in some toadstools. So some mushrooms, we are talking about the magic mushrooms and taking them at such a low dose that you don't experience the hallucinogenic effects, if that makes any sense. Now, I've been talking about psilocybin for a while now on the pod and on my social media. And as someone who was on a very high dose of antidepressants for eight years, which, by the way, I painfully weaned myself off of, and I did this because The side effects started to outweigh the benefits for me. And I just, I also didn't want to be, I had this sort of realization that I didn't want to be taking and relying on pharmaceuticals for the rest of my life. They were expensive. I didn't have benefits. I, the side effects were really starting to affect the quality of my life. And I just, I, I didn't want to take them anymore. So it was a time where I really also started to turn inward and I turned the spotlight on taking responsibility for my own health to heal my mind, my conditioned beliefs around my worth and my wellness and the ability to take responsibility and live with intention. It was these subtle shifts that sort of accumulated to me making the decision to go off of antidepressants. I was really listening to my body. I was honoring my body and I didn't identify with depression or anxiety. I didn't want to be trapped in that box. So microdosing looked like a tool to be curious about. I was curious about it for years. I did not start doing it for years. I did a lot of research. I spoke to a lot of people that were doing it because, you know, it's not a mainstream treatment, or at least it wasn't at the time. And so there was some reluctancy, some, I was scared just to make it point blank. (laughs) Now before we get started, I want to make it clear that I am not a medical professional and the use of pharmaceutical drugs are a conversation between you and your doctor. I don't condone them, okay? Yes, I understand that they are uh, they are proven to be beneficial and have helped millions of people. All right, so if you're in that position, have the conversation with your doctor. Do not take this episode as any type of medical advice whatsoever. And, and, if you're curious about natural medications and working with psilocybin to heal yourself, and you, or you just want to learn something new because not many people are talking about this right now, this episode is for you. If you are currently microdosing or using psilocybin in any form of dosage, whether it's micro or macro, you might be also curious about this episode because we're going to deep dive into some of like the nitty gritty stuff, like the things that, you know, not a lot of people really know. So yeah, it's 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 really a time to get curious about mental health and hear alternative viewpoints and get out of that tunnel vision and let go of some of the fear of the unknown and the fear of non-prescription drugs that are created with high quality controlled ingredients and are given in reliable, accurate dosing and have been proven to have safe and effective treatments. This is what vellum health is really all about. Vellum health is the company that I buy from for microdosing. I use their blend, their heel blend, heel blend. (laughs) And if you love what you hear, and you want to try them, Vellum is actually giving all listeners of the Elisa and Filter podcast 15% off each order with the promo code ELISA15. All you need to do is go to vellumhealth.com. Their website is fantastic. They are a Canadian company, but they ship to all countries. So if you're not Canadian, you can still order from them. And we're going to talk about the legalization of this in this episode. So that will become more clear for anyone who's worried about the legalities of ordering psilocybin online. So, go check them out at vellumhealth.com. Use the promo code ALISA15. And um, yeah, let's keep the conversation going. Reach out to either of us. If you have any questions, all the links will be in the show notes. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, here we go. This is May Jacob. Okay, May, I have been looking forward to this conversation since our last talk. And I mean, we chatted on the phone a couple weeks ago and. I think we could have talked for like five hours. You are amazing. I love what you do. I'm so happy to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Elisa. <laughs> I agree. It could have gone on for days. So I'm super happy to have this opportunity to connect again and uh, share some of what we talked about with your listeners.
0: Yes. And so as people are starting to get to know me a little bit better and my psilocybin experience um, because I've talked to you about this. I, I macrodosed about almost two months ago and I've been microdosing with your company, Vellum. Is that how I say it? Vellum?
1: I do, yeah. I say it vellum.
0: You say yeah. Vellum. Um, and I love your product. And um I would love to just deep dive into this. I want to talk about everything. I want to talk about microdosing, its effects, its benefits, the risks. I want to talk about how it's changed people's lives. I want to talk about how you got into it specifically, because you're a big part of this company. Your family ties to it, your personal story to it. And I just, I honestly, I just love hearing about these transformations that people are having with something that's natural, made from this earth that has like sort of been deemed, you know, bad for you and negative. And people are scared of it, myself included. I I was so scared of it.
1: So. I think that's really common, mm-hmm. you know, and some, often people have had sort of intense experiences, maybe with psychedelics in high school, you know, where they've seen stuff in movies and film that seems very scary. So I can really understand um, how there's a kind of pull towards it. There's a lot of curiosity about it. And then mm-hmm. there's also hesitancy and uncertainty about what that experience might be like, or whether it's right for somebody.
0: Yeah, especially like, I remember growing up in high school when it's like, don't do drugs. And of course, I didn't really know what drugs were. I thought drugs were like heroin and cocaine. like. And it was like, remember those commercials uh, with like the eggs frying on the pan? It's like, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. And it was like this fried egg. And I was like, oh, I'm scared forever.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm from the Dare era as well. Yeah. So... Yeah, I definitely was affected by those advertisements, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's definitely important to make a distinction between um, sort of chemical drugs and opiate drugs. Um, okay. Plant-based uh, substances. And there's sort of a debate as to whether mushrooms are plants, <laughs> but I do include them in my description of plant-based medicines.
0: Okay, well, why? what's the debate?
1: Well, they're what? a fungus, technically. <laughs>
0: there's a lot of oh theorists. yeah so they don't they're like it's
1: not plant medicine it's fungal medicine i guess but regardless these are substances that are grown naturally already on the planet yeah they and- grow out
0: of the ground Light. yeah okay yeah. i see that like who's who's really getting like specific about <laughs> that like who's who's anti-plant-based
1: yeah. Well, it seems more like people want to have their particular substance recognized on its own.
0: I see. Is that, that like the weed smoke? The okay. category
1: and, and psilocybin in a different category. Um, even though I personally think that they go great together and uh, there's a lot of healing work to be done um, with their substances, micro and larger doses.
0: Well, that's a thing, too. Like, I think with cannabis, the world is sort of waking up to its benefits. People are taking it more recreational and medicinally, for sure. It's more widely available. It's not illegal as, as much all over the world. Like in Canada here, you're in you're in B.C., right? Yeah, I am.
1: Yeah. So yeah. We've had a fairly liberal policy towards cannabis for a while, but just what's happening federally or what's happened over the last three years is, you know, very, uh, very progressive and good, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And now psilocybin's kind of coming into the picture. You're seeing more documentaries, you're seeing people sort of talking about it, more people like normal people just like me taking these macrodoses with guides. It's sort of having an effect that's snowballing, I think. How do you feel about that?
1: Definitely. I think that the uh wave that we're seeing towards plant based medicines and psilocybin and psychedelic use um is born out of the level of stress that we are experiencing in this culture. Oh. You know, there's an overwhelm mm-hmm. of stress and conditions as a result of chronic stress. And there's a sleep epidemic. Um, and I think that all of these are related to nervous system regulation and healing sort of trauma and traumatic experiences that we've had. And psilocybin and um, psychedelics can play a huge role in helping us move through some of these experiences. So I see the need and the interest as a direct result of these kind of social conditions that we are experiencing. And I think the pandemic also really emphasized the kind of isolation that we feel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. for a lot of people,
1: it's spurred us to try and make some changes, you know, or grow in some way, because we're kind of in contact with how finite and brief life is. And we want to take advantage of it. We want to live joyfully.
0: That's definitely like ties into my connection to psilocybin because that's exactly like it was sort of like a veil lifted and I sort of started to see the difference between, you know, my natural pull towards exploring who I am and the earth and connecting like grounding to the earth and it's separated from, you know, the conditioned mind and societal beliefs and the things that are distracting us. So like even before I took the psilocybin, I started to really, um, feel the pull towards control towards, um, I am not alone. I, and those types of things that the, the plant that the fungus really brought to the surface and helped me to understand and surrender. Um, I'd love to hear your personal story. How did you get into this?
1: For sure. Um, as you mentioned, I did grow up in British Columbia and I was raised by hippies. So (laughs) drug culture was very, very normalized for me. So I was around cannabis and things like that. And then, um, yeah, so just my community generally, was like quite, I would say drug positive or a lot, and a lot of like kind of toxic coping mechanisms around drugs and alcohol. And then in my family, personally growing up, I'm from a big family and there was a lot of, um, I would say undiagnosed, uh, mental health issues, okay. um, borderline personality disorder mm. and possibly some kind of psychosis disorders. Um, and so that was very heavily medicated with drugs and alcohol. So my whole experience growing up, what was, wait, um, can I just
0: interrupt you? Was that yeah. me- m- like medical drugs or was it like, Street drugs. All oh,
1: street drugs. Yeah. Okay. No okay. medications. <laughs> okay. No interaction with doctors whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. just full self-medicating. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Um, Most of, many of us have experienced family members who, you know, that generation, there wasn't the same open conversation about mental health. You Agreed. Know, there wasn't the same discussion around depression or mood disorders or even seeking help was just not um kind of as available as it is now. So... Mm-hmm. I'm sure um, many people of that generation were self medicated with street drugs, um, pharmaceutical drugs, and alcohol. Definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So just seeing those kind of patterns from a young age, and um, I seem to have some kind of alcohol allergy or something. So I could, I wasn't able ever to sort of go the path that my parents went. Um, and because there was other drugs around, I was experimenting with drugs from quite a young age.
0: Okay.
1: Um. So that kind of got me interested in. Uh, you know, changing consciousness, what is the nature of consciousness? What is the nature of reality? Like, who am I kind of feelings? Mm-hmm. And then really wanting better for my extended family. You know, so as I got older, pursuing an academic path that really helped give me answers into, you know, why is my family like this? You know, what also I think when you get a little bit older, you realize that there's stuff going on in your family that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And you have one, you wonder why, like, mm-hmm. why is my family like this? What, what would help them change? That really got me interested in like what actually helps people make changes. Because change is really difficult. You know, trying to change a behavior pattern or a life, lifestyle pattern is really challenging.
0: And you have your master's in psychology, right?
1: I do. My master's is in clinical counseling. Okay. Yeah. So that's really formed the basis of a lot of the kind of structure of the business. Yes. Is um, how do we frame psilocybin? As a tool to support um, a wider expansion of health and well-being,
0: and that's a really big misconception. And I'm really starting to, as I am exploring and asking questions and speaking with people like you, who are starting these incredible businesses, that like they are not stemmed from that hippie time mentality. I'm sure they are a little bit, but they're really coming from a place of actual mental wellness with, with educated passionate people who have had extremely positive experiences overall like sometimes when you're in the medicine it's not necessarily woohoo <laughs> positive wow. but you're the healing benefits of it and, and all of that so yeah so what was the point where you were like I'm getting into I'm going to start my own company
1: for sure um Right as I was starting my master's, yeah. um, a friend of mine whose family, um, he's my business partner and his family is mycologist. They've been growing restaurant and commercial mushrooms for about 25 years. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so then they were also doing um, genetic experiments with psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. Because um, they have a lab and stuff like that. So he had already been making the micro doses, you know, and he was just like putting them together with his hand and putting them in a plastic <laughs> bag. And so <stuff laughs> he was like, hey, buddy, not want some of this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what? I really think that we can turn this into a more substantial kind of business combined with the you know, personal development stuff that I'm learning about and the information that I'm learning about mechanisms of change. And there was already quite a bit of academic work around psilocybin, um, mostly for depression, which is also what um, sort of microdosing has kind of been framed as, yep. as a treatment for depression. So there's a lot of overlap there. So he was already selling them kind of very casually, and the public response to those like little bags of capsules that he was giving out was really strong. Mm. Um, So it was a combination of the sales that he was already doing, and well, also my master's was quite expensive, so there was like an economic push to start a business on the side as well. So um, it was really like the academic work that I was doing fed into the development of the products.
0: Now you have, now I, I started with Heal, mm-hmm. which is, yes. um, it's a combination of a couple of things, right? Medicinal and magic mushrooms, if you will. Exactly. So, yeah. so why, how so. did that form, formula come together and what's for it sure. for? Yeah.
1: Great question. Um, so we have two basic blends that we started with. One is Enhance and that is designed to be a little bit more energizing. So both blends contain functional mushrooms, functional or medicinal. Those are both interchangeable terms. Right, which
0: are essential. included in like reishi, lion's mane. Exactly. like precisely. M- yes, mushrooms that don't make you hallucinate, <laughs> but yes, they have exactly. medicinal purposes. Exactly,
1: purpose. they're, exactly. Yep. and they're super powerful immune boosters, antioxidants. Mm-hmm. Um, they support brain functioning. And so there's evidence to suggest that stacking um, which is a term for mixing vitamins and supplements and minerals with psilocybin or another drug. So there's some evidence that stacking um, significantly increases the, both the benefit yep, um, and the depth of the experience that people are having. Okay. So it has a more, yeah. The other thing that we, the other reason that we blend them is because there's a few potential, um, not side effects, but there are some things that you can experience with psilocybin. Like some people feel a slight headache, Okay. Um, and so I find the functional mushrooms really ease, make those things a lot easier. They take any kind of like headachiness away. Um, and it's easier for your body to absorb it when there's additional things in there.
0: Okay. So the heel, I got it because I'm, was suffering from low mood and depression and a lot of stress and anxiety. And I just wanted to chill out. I didn't, my, my I've talked about this openly on the show before. My doctor prescribes me depression meds every time I see her and I don't fill the prescription. I have a past with depression medication. I was on Effexor for eight years and it took me a really long time to get off it. I didn't want to go back on any type of experience like that. I've been there, done that. I knew there was a different way. And interestingly enough, like I took the first dose, like it was 100 milligrams of the heel. And I was like waiting for like the magic to happen. (laughs) I was like, change my life, (laughs) you (laughs) magical pill. And it literally did nothing. I was like, huh. I'm like, what the hell I could have done? I I was like, just normal. Nothing changed. Nothing (laughs) happened. And I was like, oh. I thought I was going to at least get some trippiness, but I started doing it three times a week. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and sure enough, by the end of the packet, which was like, I don't know, two and a half months later, three months later, I started to realize that, huh, I'm a little bit more chill. I'm a little bit less anxious. I'm a little bit more focused. I'm a little bit... Easier to let go of things. I'm a little bit more detached. I'm a little bit happier. I have a higher mood. Like all of these little things were kind of like coming together. And then after, you know, three to four months, I was like, okay, I'm definitely out of the fog. And so much so that I just stopped taking them for a few months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I honestly feel like I kind of kicked out of it and got back to my normal self. So, why did that happen? What's happening behind the for scenes?
1: Sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And I just realized I actually didn't um, really answer the question that you would asked previously oh, yeah. about the blends and why yes. you created them like that. Okay. So essentially um, a heel was created for nervous system repair. Got it. I mentioned earlier that the nervous system is where a lot of our chronic stress is um, sort of showing up and Yeah. sleep issues, digestive issues. Mental health, etc. Um, that's all related to nervous system, and so the heal blend in particular is designed to help us repair the effects of chronic stress. Got it. And, and, and the way that it does that is psilocybin um, microdosing works through a process called neurogenesis, which is the formation of new neurons in your brain. Okay. Um, which actually is this begins to decline quite a bit as we age. And, um, as we stay in sort of mental patterns and emotional patterns of stress, those become very well worn and it becomes more challenging to change how we think and how we feel and how we relate to reality, which I'm sure if you've experienced symptoms of depression is familiar to you.
0: That it's is hard. really powerful. How we relate to reality. Ooh, okay, keep going. <laughs>
1: so that's great. I'm glad that resonates. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, that process takes time and practice because we're actually rewiring how our thoughts move in our, in our brain physiologically. Mm -hmm. So essentially what that means is we have to be patient with ourselves because we are undoing a lot of neurological conditioning. Essentially you, if you take a microdose and then you have an experience of joy or light heartedness or um, excitement or something that's out of the norm for you, There's a neural pathway that's been made from that. And so the next time, whether you are consuming a microdose or not, there's a neural pathway for you to go to towards a sense of joy or happiness or contentment. Mm -hmm. So every time you engage that neural pathway, whether it's on your own or with microdosing, it becomes stronger until eventually that one is the one that's chosen automatically instead of the old one where we're feeling down or, you know, there's, A big part of what microdosing offers is an opportunity to step outside of repetitive thinking. Mm, mm -hmm. Repetitive unwanted thoughts is underneath most people's anxiety Mm -hmm. and many people's depression as well. Well, So if mm -hmm. we're able to slow or stop that, even momentarily, we're giving ourselves an opportunity to actually have an experience outside of that. It's not a thought. It's not an idea. It's not something we read. It's something that we are actually experiencing. And so that is a bit is a bit like a lighthouse or a beacon for us to move towards. So it's really about creating an experience instead of an idea.
0: That is probably why I'm so I'm leaning into it so easily just with my coaching business and the practice of intuitive awareness, where we are paying attention in a different way to sort of lift the veil of how we've been conditioned to think and believe and behave and all of these things that have just been repeated over and over and over in our mind that we've adopted as our own ideas and the attachments we've created to things, to words, to facial expressions from other people, from all of these things that like, and especially like, I I really believe that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty sensitive person to this, to the tune of, you know, not going to say I can read every single person's energy. However, I feel a lot. I'm, I'm a feely person and, and it can, I can get in my own way because of that. And, and I, I've really come to understand that through psilocybin, that, that I am not that. (laughs) It's, it's really cool how, how this has unfolded for sure. It's been about a year. no wait, okay. let me just think here. i I feel like I started microdosing in February of last year. It was like in the dark months of Canada
1: in the in the dark month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good time to start. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think even right now, like as in the getting dark, um, is a really good time. Yeah.
1: As seasonal effectiveness disorder uh, stuff kind of comes, I, I recommend, um, so psilocy- microdosing for fall is really great. Um, what you described of eating one and not really, you know, realizing that there was some kind of expectation around what would happen and yeah. then realizing kind of how, um, low level it is, I think is a very common experience. I think some people actually want a mid-range kind of dose. They want to try a recreational dose. Um, yeah. But they think that that's a microdose. If you're not familiar with psilocybin, it's it's unclear kind of what experience you're going to be getting and what the doses even mean.
0: Okay, I definitely want to get into the doses, but before we wrap it up, so heal because there is a little bit of a story behind it because you sort of made this blend for yourself. Am I correct with that? Or
1: indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I um yeah for me I find enhanced blend. Um, and the type of mushroom that's used in them to be too stimulating. Okay. And I already have a lot of chronic, like chronic stress and coming through school and stuff was very stressful. So this blend was specifically created to help, um, gear down, you know, mm-hmm. and heal the nervous system in a more long-term way.
0: Okay. Now, cl- to- uh, now coming to dosing, a classic dose is between a hundred and 200 milligrams, correct?
1: Yes, that's a microdose. A microdose.
0: And you would take that two to four times a week?
1: Exactly, depending on symptoms. Depending
0: on symptoms, depending on whatever preference. There's a whole lot. You have a lot of information on your website, too, that people can just check up on and read.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think the thing that's so interesting and maybe confusing initially about psilocybin is that it is so um, personally specific. With medication that you would get from a doctor or a pharmacist, it would be very specific. You would have exactly this amount and you need it for exactly this many days and you need it at exactly this time. Mm-hmm. Psilocybin is not that. Psilocybin is how do you feel? How would you like to feel? Well, then you can try a bit more. You know what I mean? It's very casual, yep. it's anti addictive. If you use a lot, it stops working completely. So it doesn't increase dependency. Um, so it's really about kind of navigating, um, getting those positive effects for yourself more than the actual dose per se.
0: And I don't want to bash the medical community at all because I do find that there's a massive purpose for them a hundred percent. I yeah. However, I do want to sort of I feel personally, there's a big distinction between when I was on depression medication for eight years versus psilocybin. Depression medication was kind of like a Band-Aid. It was slapping something onto the symptoms. Whereas since I've been microdosing and had one macrodose experience, I really feel as though this is root cause healing. It's very healing, which is fitting for your heal blend. (laughs)
1: ideally what we intended it for but what you're describing is very accurate we have a lot of clients come to us looking to change or reduce their medication use Mm -hmm. Um, primarily because even if it is helpful for a long time and I agree that it can be absolutely it is not effective long term they know very clearly that antidepressant use over decades reduces is reducing it reduced in effectiveness, unfortunately.
0: And it's also so, like a, a, it's also like a swap of symptoms. Like, would you rather feel a little bit less depressed or have weight? Like my weight was so yeah, impossible. Like I had the most yeah, difficult. Like, one I hear a lot. Yeah. It's like, what it's like, it's like this scale, like tip the scale. What would you rather <laughs> this or that? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly, and I think you're highlighting something super important, which is psilocybin and psychedelic medicine is actually designed to bring you into closer contact with mm. self. Mm. It's not moving away from painful experiences; it's intentionally moving towards them.
0: Okay, wait. Say that again.
1: <laughs> psilocybin versus antidepressants in that kind of band aid way. Yeah. Psilocybin is designed to bring you closer. To painful experiences, so that you're able to process and move through them. Mm-hmm. Whereas antidepressants and um, uh, barbiturates, uh, um, sorry, anti anxiety medication, mm-hmm. those are both designed to push bring you further from it, you know, so that you can cope and function, which is important. But mm-hmm. the actual processing involves intentionally moving towards those things.
0: Can people use both at the same time?
1: Absolutely, they do. Okay, um, any medication. We tell people very strongly, do not stop any medication, no matter what. Don't do that. But you can start integrating psilocybin into your um, medication use. Is there so any example, conflict?
0: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No,
1: go ahead. I w- for example, let's say over a two-week period, you might take, you would just continue to take antidepressants, let's say, and then every second or third day, you would try microdosing. You know, and then after a few weeks, if you're feeling pretty good, maybe one of those days, you would try to not take the antidepressant, and you would only take a microdose, and they would proceed on like that for months, going by how you feel only. Mm-hmm. Is there and any... obviously if your doctor is amenable speaking to them about that would be great. Some are, some are not.
0: I would imagine most in my area are not. <laughs> There's, however, people are starting to wake up to. I'm, I'm seeing actually. Uh, I'm. I'm a huge podcast listener. I, I'm i listening to a lot of doctors who are turning more into the holistic approach because it's so multifaceted. Our health, we've just been so tunnel vision for so many years in one way. This is the way that we've kind of forgotten that <laughs> that. You know, it's not about just giving a drug. There's a lot of things yeah. in our health.
1: Yeah. And, and emergency treatments are not sufficient. We need to build a healthier culture. Yes. And that's through preventative medicine.
0: Agreed. You know,
1: so if, giving people tools to, you know, identify that they need help. Uh, something they can do at home. Something they don't need to see a doctor for. And again, I am not anti-medicine or anti-medication at all. But I think that there's a big push from doctors to learn about this stuff because there's uh, inquiries from their patients about it and they want tools that work. Good doctors actually want to give you something that is truly going to help you. Yeah, And they see that people are having success with this. So there is a curiosity about it within the medical community. And I think they just don't know enough to be um, comfortably prescribing, I think is a big barrier for people. So I think there's a big need to um, bring medical professionals into um, the kind of knowledge the fold
0: around this absolutely okay so do you know of any scientific evidence where psilocybin might like conflict with a medication even like uh you know there's a lot of people going through hard times who are on chronic medication pain um chemotherapy that sort of thing do you know of any conflict
1: it's really interesting because people, there are so many different medications. Um, there are no contraindications for psilocybin. Okay. However, I will explain one or two caveats to that. If you are on antipsychotics, um, I do not recommend psychedelics. And okay. obviously that's my personal opinion. Um, but if you are, if, you have a, if there's a genetic propensity towards schizophrenia or psychotic disorders... And you're, or you're already on medication, I would not recommend um, psychedelics for you.
0: Okay. Yeah. The Why? Is, um, Why? That's,
1: oh, uh, because psychedelics can be a trigger for psychotic breaks. Okay. Or the onset of mental health issues. Okay. That's, ex- I mean, unbelievably rare. And I have had people contact us who really wanted to try microdosing, and their grandmother had schizophrenia. And I just told them exactly what I told you and they decided to do it and it was completely fine. I think it's because of the low dose. I don't recommend trip doses, but I, people, I really believe in autonomy, bodily autonomy and health autonomy. So I really want people to make an informed decision, but I want it to be their decision. Yeah. The other thing I will mention is that people who have been on SSRIs um, recently in the past, long time, short time, it affects each person differently, but there is a possibility that it blocks the effects of psilocybin.
0: What's an SSRI?
1: Oh, uh, that's antidepressants. Okay. Type of antidepressant.
0: Got it. Mm
1: -hmm. The most common type of antidepressant, I should say.
0: And it blocks psilocybin. Interesting.
1: Yeah, the effects of it. So so people, you know, I would give people, you know, a microdose is 100. So people would eat four or 500 and still have no effect.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Un- unusual. Yeah. It's, it's very unusual. Many people eat, have been on antidepressants for a long time and eat psilocybin. No problem. But I've had a few clients who, you know, they would go and have a trip dose like three grams or something, and they would only have microdosing effects from it.
0: Okay. So yeah. I want to talk about okay. dosing. Now, this is a good lead in because dosing is so interesting. It um, is. After, Oh sorry, go for it's it.
1: Three different experiences. The level that you dose at is a completely different experience. Okay. Like different products. Why don't yeah. you explain
0: those? Explain those.
1: Yeah, for sure. So essentially we have divided it into three categories. Okay. I'm sure, other people have others, but this is what we've found. Microdosing is approximately 50 milligrams to maybe 250 milligrams. That's like the absolute extremes. Then there's trip dosing, which is like 1.5 to 5 grams approximately. Um, I really encourage people to work up to that. Don't go directly to a trip dose. I really, I discourage that very strongly. Um, And then there's also a middle dose that we've just kind of realized. Um, And we call that like a recreational dose, you know, or a festival dose. Mm -hmm. And so that's about in the middle. It's about 250 milligrams to 500 milligrams. So it's approximately a quarter to half of a gram of mushrooms. And this dose has become essential to what we recommend to people because this is the one where you can be a little bit less functional and you can just be fully present to whatever experience you're having. So, we really recommend pairing it with some kind of joyful or exciting activity that you already enjoy. That could be going out with friends, it could be going to a concert, it could be dancing, exercise, spending time with your pets, gardening, shopping, whatever you truly love, combining a recreational dose with that experience is like a major mood reset because again Mm -hmm. it's about the physiological the full embodied sensation of being alive and joyful you know so that's a really Mm -hmm. powerful medicinal experience for people even though I call it a recreational dose it's critical that people remember what it's like to feel joyful and excited about being alive I feel like Mm -hmm. that's what's missing for us in the grind of everyday reality is like nothing is fresh and exciting.
0: Yeah, and then when we do have those moments of joy, sometimes we like feel guilty about them or like bad or, oh, I have to like grind tomorrow now. Or there's like some sort of negotiation for it.
1: Nailed it. This is giving yourself permission to be unproductive. Mm. Cool. To to absolutely, (laughs) yeah, to just be enjoying being alive you know and we're just so incredibly maxed out i realize that that's even like a very privileged thing to say you know a lot of us don't even have the time or resources to enjoy life but you know if we can't get away we can't go on vacation it's hard to make more money <laughs> without have interpersonal conflict psilocybin can help us still find the joy even within those tensions and within those difficulties, you know?
0: We're taking a quick pause in this episode as I want to jump on here and give you the opportunity to learn about the strength and serenity retreat that myself and psilocybin guide Tara Portelli are hosting this February in Mexico. This is a wellness retreat to rest, restore and revitalize your mental, emotional and physical health in a safe environment with like-minded people in an oceanfront villa. (laughs) It's six days, five nights, all inclusive with movement, mindset work, and microdosing. Yes, we are incorporating psilocybin into the retreat experience to heal, enhance, and teach you the power of your mind. We will be connecting with nature, pushing the boundaries of our physical fitness, restoring the body and mind, meditating, and learning mindfulness practices, slowing down. It's like a yin-yang, hard and soft, eating authentic Mexican cuisine with our private chef, experiencing the power of sound healing and sensory deprivation, plus enjoying the natural benefits of living on the beach together. Space for this once-in-a-lifetime experience is limited, and we invite you to join us on this epic journey right now. For more information, to lock in your place, please go to elisaunfilteredcoachingcom forward slash healingretreat2023. That's elisaunfilteredcoachingcom forward slash healingretreat2023. I hope to meet you and grow together in Mexico. All right, let's get back to the episode with May Jacob.
1: A lot of our clients are parents with young children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is, that's a demographic that is <laughs> feeling the stress.
0: Absolutely. And we've been sort of becoming conditioned as a society to think small, to think about stressful things all the time that you don't have enough time. And if you think poorly, if you think poor, you're going to be poor. If you think rich, you will be rich. It's not even like, sure, some people call that manifesting, but other people just call it shaping their reality because like, and, and however, everyone's sort of pushing us to be something that we're not. And, and I, I, the biggest excuse I hear every single woman that comes into the program or almost comes into my program, for example, to work with the coach is I don't have time and I don't have money. And it's like the objection to change is so ingrained in us. We don't even see it there. And, and all it takes is a shift in perspective to be like, actually I do have time. I am just not prioritizing it. I do have the money. I'm just not prioritizing my money. I'm and 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 flip the switch. And psilocybin really helps with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really does. And I think that you're, um, you know, I, again, I don't want to like gender stereotype, but I think often women struggle to put time and energy and money towards themselves. Mm hmm and their own kind of personal development when there are so many kind of external and family pressures. Um, But what you're highlighting, I think is super critical, um, which is like giving ourselves an opportunity to actually know ourselves Mm -hmm. and find out what it is that's, you know, what, what we actually are, what is not true, what helps us come alive every day, like where our, you know, kind of spark is for life. And I mean, this sounds like very, I feel like this is like very new agey, but these are very practical realities. You know, the reality is the decisions that we make every day and the way we interact with other people when we feel depressed or sad or unhappy or hopeless is very different than how we interact with people and the choices that we make from a place of feeling like hopeful or um, energized or, you know, so these Um, see. Like kind of esoteric ideas, but they really affect the practical reality that we exist in every day. And the choices we make around food, the choices we make around partnership, the choices we make around communication, Mm -hmm. all of these things are affected by that. this kind of nervous system regulation and how much contact we are in with the truth of ourselves.
0: I love that so much, especially because like when you read like old tales of cultures and how they celebrated life and how they you know, honored the elderly, how they just like came together and there was so much love and community and support yeah. of one another and yeah. people had their roles and they worked together. It wasn't this you versus me bullshit. And, and then there was this cultural shift, but I think it's kind of like I hope I'm optimistic. I want to be an optimist here that, you know, it's kind of slingshotting back because we're remembering, there are people sort of waking up quote unquote and, and, and coming back to who they are in this really profound way.
1: Well, the individualism that sort of defines modern culture mm-hmm. is super bad for us. And it's I think we've so- realized that <laughs> like, Yeah. We're all- we're really isolated. We're falling through the cracks, like the mental illness epidemic, the opioid, opioid epidemic, you know, these things are symptoms of that disconnection.
0: They're the, not the problem. The disconnection. Yeah. They're like, I'm an independent woman. I can do it by myself. Leave me alone. Like those types of thoughts. Like I guarantee yeah. every woman listening to this has had that thought. Like yeah, I've got this. Absolutely.
1: It's supposed yeah. to be empowering, but it's being framed as an empowerment, but it's a, it's an isolation tool. Yeah we're not going to go very
0: far completely alone. Mm -hmm. I find it also like a competitive tool. It's a, um, a comparison tool. It's all sorts of things that are fricking up our confidence levels and our ability to cope and our healing process and our ability to feel our feelings. Like how great is it just to have a nice warm hug? I, I hugged my girlfriend the other day and she was like, Oh, it feels so good to like have a tight squeeze. I'm like, seriously.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. And I do, I think that the pandemic just really further isolated us, you know, the ways that we were coping previously. Mm-hmm. So many of those were eliminated. And so, you know, we have, we really need to get back to that. And it is as simple as touch and contact and communicating and community and these things, like, simple, complicated, know,
0: Yeah. And just kind of allowing us to expand the mind a little bit and think a little bit different and behave a little bit different. And as you said, be in the moment. So I've Mm -hmm. after my macro dose trip. So I took three point five grams or it was just over three grams. It was somewhere in between there. And I had a crazy hallucinogenic four hour trip. To beyond the beyond, <laughs> I went through time and space. I talked yeah. to entities. And I the yeah. yeah, I went to the d- dimensions, and if I, I've been I've been meaning to put together a podcast to really deep dive into all these things, but I'm just not ready yet. You know that feeling? It's just like I don't oh, yeah. know how to say yeah. what happened <laughs> without sounding yeah, like a lunatic. <laughs>
1: consider the most important part of psychedelic trips to be integration? Int- yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's what are you doing with the knowledge that has come? You yes. Know? How is, what does this mean for your life? How does this change how you you know relate to reality? These are the questions that actually create lasting change, I think.
0: Okay. That's good to know. And I just want to keep having that sort of feeling affirmed because intuitively that's what I'm feeling happening. But you know, like when you're in a space where, not many have traveled and you can't openly talk about it without being crazy or shunned or, you know, um, Absolutely. so, so it's really interesting. I, I love talking to you about it because it's like, okay, she gets me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, that for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and
1: the desire, the desire to know yourself is the most potent impulse that I think people have, you know, and it gets distorted by all of these, by traumas, by the culture, et cetera.
0: And and like deny and coping mechanisms like yeah, denial yeah, exactly. they think Survival. that like I thought I knew myself I did and I mm-hmm. boy oh boy was I in for a rude awakening the three things that I really 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 learned is like control and how I control everything through oh. subtle nuances sometimes it could be nuanced but like it's I I yeah control was a big one and and. Um, how we attach meaning to things was a oh, huge one. Yeah, yeah. Major,
1: major. Yes. Major, yeah.
0: And that yeah. I am connected to all things. Those are the three things that I. Three just... truths,
1: my darling. Three truths. Something I wanted to touch on, actually, though. Yeah. What you're describing, the control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that most people will be able to relate to that idea. Because it's almost like you're negotiating with reality internally. Right? Oh like, yeah. If I do this, then I'll get that, and if I say this, you'll see me like this, and if I do that, then I'll feel like this, or if yeah. I do this, so, you no. Know, so it's just kind of like continual trying to control and like negotiate with you know trying to get a certain level of safety or protection or guarantees from life, and mm-hmm. that's a fool's game, you know. Yeah, know it's an illusion. Constantly,
0: it's the yeah, illusion it's, of control.
1: It is. It is the illusion. <laughs> And so what psilocybin can help us do is actually feel safer in reality. And so that's when the negotiating and the control reduces on its own, you know, so we're not addressing the thoughts. We're creating enough safety that the thoughts eaves off on their own, that the, the lack of safety changes those internal patterns.
0: That is actually so profound. And and like, if you're listening to this right now, like, and not pulled to that, like, oh, my God. <laughs> Like
1: safety is a bit weird for people, maybe, but I think that if you have anxious thoughts or you have repetitive thoughts inside, you can probably understand some of what we're sort of pointing towards.
0: Absolutely, and
1: we're trying to get safety by doing all of this stuff: trying to control other people, trying to control ourselves, trying to control our bodies, etc.
0: Okay, it's exhausting. It's exhausting, (laughs) like oh, come on. It is exhausting. And we don't even know how exhausted we are from it because we aren't even aware that it's happening in the first place. And we're in denial. That's not me. I'm not like that. I don't think that way. I don't have a voice in my head. This isn't who I am. I'm, I'm this or that. And it's like, actually, yeah, you don't know. Yeah. No,
1: exactly. And it's about tuning in and bringing these kinds of unconscious patterns that are taking up all of our internal energy and time Mm -hmm. Bringing them up to the surface so we can really be like, what's here? What is this? What is my unmet need here? You know? Going more to the source instead of just letting them play on auto pilot kind of thing.
0: Okay, so aside from macro dosing, so macro dosing is like the big, the biggie where you are yeah. hallucinating. And I did it with a guide, and I do recommend doing it with a guide. Very just, important.
1: I do too. You do too. Okay. Very much. Yeah. Unless you're experienced with psychedelics and drugs, I don't recommend doing any kind of trip dose on your own. I just, I wouldn't even recommend it if you are experienced. But obviously, I want people to, you know. Make her own choices, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that at all. No, it's, it can be very scary.
0: Yes, it was yeah. really scary for me. Like I, <laughs> I lost my mind. I, I yeah, wanted and to. And you wonder,
1: am I ever going to be normal again? Am I insane now? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's, <crazy. Yes. laughs> That's the most common thought that you have. So it's good to have somebody there to reassure you. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. That's with it. Like yeah. Um. So. After we got we had our first conversation and you talked to me about that recreational dose that five hundred half gram five hundred yeah. milligram dose my partner and I were like let's do it so we we did it Yay. Yay. we but we did I don't know if this was like a good idea or a bad idea we don't know but we did five hundred mils of the heel I had ten yeah. pills left and we split them up and we both yeah. took yeah. them and um I. Um, we ended up going outside. We did a big, long walk. We were in nature. It was really sunny. It was beautiful. I did get a little bit emotional. It was odd. Like I was like, the world is so beautiful. The sun. Yeah. But other than that, I still didn't feel different. Like it's not like anything like the macrodose. It wasn't even a tenth of the macrodose. It was like, is that normal?
1: For sure. Especially if you've been eating the heels consistently. Okay. Because remember, the more you eat them, the more your tolerance, in- tolerance increases very quickly with psilocybin.
0: Okay. Got it. So
1: for you in that situation, maybe um, your hubs should have done five and you could have done a thousand kind of thing.
0: Okay. But also,
1: the macrodose um, does, I mean, how long was that? Three months ago? Two. Two months ago? Yeah, that's still pretty recent. Okay. If you've done four grams, you're still, it's still fairly... Um, I would say the effects would be minimized from that.
0: Interesting. So the longer you wait in between, it will kind of go back down. Precisely. Okay.
1: Tolerance reduces really quickly. So if you stop completely, like you know what I mean, in two weeks, it'll be right. Your tolerance will be um, low again. Got it. But if you eat them for two weeks every day, your tolerance will be super high after the two weeks. So they work quickly in both directions. What we said about the emotionality is really important. Mm-hmm. Because especially with the heel blend, I find it can make you... Perhaps you remember Will Smith at
0: the yeah. Oscars. Yeah, I do remember.
1: Yeah. So that was preceded by like 12 ayahuasca trips, I think.
0: He did ayahuasca 12 times?
1: Yeah, right before that happened.
0: Right before?
1: Yeah. He very public about it. What? And so his ayahuasca teacher asked, actually warned him about the emotional dysregulation. really Really?
0: oh my gosh I feel so bad for Will Smith I love Will Smith I I love him
1: yeah but that emotional dysregulation is part of it because essentially what's happening is we have these like lids on painful feelings difficult emotions that's how we have to we have to be like that to survive and just go through the day and get things done so often for a lot of us there's stuff that's built up it sounds like for you it wasn't like super painful stuff it was like more just intense emotionality Mm -hmm. um but that is normal i would say Mm -hmm. like i that's why i really recommend heal for people i recommend enhance for people that want to use it as a microdose to go to work and do your stuff and i Mm -hmm. recommend heal for people that are working through trauma or grief or nervous system stuff because it does um psilocybin generally i find does increase emotionality Mm -hmm. Uh, but the heal blend i find that it I often get quite, um, I feel things very deeply and intensely
0: when I take it. So, I if I was to take one gram, so two, because you, you so generously gave me some goodies and I just got the goodie bag and I'm like, woo! Because you guys have just now created a recreational dose. So it's a gummy. Of 500 exactly. mils. Yeah. Yes.
1: To psilocybin gummy, the gems. I want you to try it. Me too.
0: Should I? Okay. So if I have a gram, am I going to start hallucinating? That's what I want to know. Like,
1: ah. No. No? No.
0: no. Okay.
1: Halluci- hallucinating, I feel like, is more of a like, media idea about it. To okay. actually have hallucinations, you have to be eating huge amounts of psilocybin. Okay. Huge be- amounts of psychedelics. Yeah.
0: But I had the most insane Hallucina- hallucinations with the 3.5 or the three, three yeah, to 3.5 3, point 3
1: 3. five. is a substantial dose. Okay. Especially if it was your first macro dose. Yeah. That was quite a bit. Yeah. But that's good. So it seems like, yes, but because you just did 3.5, the one is not going to affect you in the same way.
0: Sometimes I kind of just want to, cause I wanted, when I was coming off my trip, my big trip, I, I, we were outside, I was staring at the sky. It was a clear sky. I could see, like the universe I could see the end of the universe at one point but like um I was like I just want to go back to that coming down phase like when I was coming down and I could just see the twinkles a little bit brighter in the sky and there was like this weird grid like of light and I I just want to see that again would the one do that <laughs> or I guess it's different every time
1: yeah, it really depends, but sometimes you can have, like, tracers is what they call them. Okay. So when you look over here, they'll be, like, um, your, your, the eye perception won't be moving cleanly, you know? So it'll be, like, kind of these streaks of light, you know? Or you'll Got see it. something and it will kind of linger. Like, I find lights and shapes kind of in the corners of your eyes and stuff is a big part of what can happen. Okay. It sounds like what you're describing is, like, a mind-free state. Okay. Like where you're just fully observing.
0: I think you're present right.
1: As to what's in front of you. I think
0: you're and right. And I really
1: understand why that part is the best part. Because <laughs> it's like, after the intensity and like the ride, you know, you're finally off the ride, but you have the no mind state. Yes. You know, so you're just fully there, being like, this is it. I'm alive. There's the sky. There's this, you know, the, it's the absence, I think, of the kind of intrusive thoughts and repetitive thoughts and the inner, like, contracting, like, the stress of it. You know, I think a big part yes. of what makes that experience so good is the absence of all that
0: stuff. That is something I have never, ever in my adult life felt outside of potentially, potentially being an extreme flow state where I'm just in a creative zone. But this wasn't that, but that's like the most I could. Say, but the things I was seeing, I didn't feel alone. I felt so connected, so yet mm-hmm. so detached from the story. You know, like it was so wonderful, so wonderful.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and that experience, I think we don't realize as how easy that is—the internal kind of dialogue and the constant, repetitive on and on mm-hmm. until there is a quieting of it. I mean, that's when we really realize how busy and how much work and energy that's taking up inside us.
0: Okay, so one of the last things before we wrap this up is okay, a big question that comes all the time when I talk about this is isn't it illegal? For
1: sure. Yeah, we get that question too. Yeah, so can um, you talk
0: about that a bit? And how do people start? Like maybe start uh let's talk about the legalities yeah, of it because we do get For listeners sure. in the US in Canada, Australia, Europe. We do have listeners from around, maybe we can touch on that too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we so in Canada, psilocybin currently exists in what we call a legal gray area.
0: A legal so, gray area. Gray okay. area, yeah. So
1: black market, you know. Yep. Black market's like fully like gangster illegal, etc. You yeah. know, like heroin. Yeah. So that's black market drugs. Yeah. Got it. Then gray market is a kind of middle space that's temporary, I would say. So initially, cannabis was approved as a medicine and so you could apply for a license from the federal government to yeah. consume it and produce it and so right now um psilocybin has been granted like breakthrough medical status by the canadian federal government yeah which means that they recognize that um there's a nonprofit in victoria called Theracil, and they do end-of-life administration um, for terminally ill people with psilocybin and so okay they've managed to get a few exemptions for patients from the federal government. So now that psilocybin has been recognized to have medicinal value, even though it is federally illegal, um, it's only a matter of time before it's decriminalized. And what we hear from the federal government, it's within two years, psychedelic therapies will be available. So that's MDMA, ketamine, psilocybin, um, and a few other weird ones like DMT and stuff like that. That's supposed to be fully legalized within the next two years. So, Right now, like, end-use consumers, there's no legal concerns for them at all. Um, I think if the government was going to pursue anyone, it would be, like, producers, growers, potentially. Yeah. Um, but until there's until there's a legal framework, um, it just means that there is there is no, there's basically no rules. Now, internationally, it's different. Okay. In, in a few different states in the U.S., they've fully decriminalized it. Like, Colorado, for example, is fully decrimmed. Really? Um, and then a few municipalities in California, I believe, Santa Cruz was one that decriminalized psilocybin, um, possession, other psychedelics, etc. Um, so it's very state-specific there. Um, and then internationally, certain countries in Europe have more lax rules about it. It's unregulated in Jamaica. Um, a lot of the Caribbean nations don't have any rules about it, but it's, it's very nation-specific, I would say. I personally think that in the next 10 years, we're going to see a lot of drugs move off of scheduled substance lists onto just, um, you know, being regulated for health reasons, mm-hmm. especially plant-based ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's very intense. Like, I live in British Columbia, and here we have seven or eight different stores, retail stores, um, that only sell psilocybin products. Mm-hmm. And they're large, fancy stores with lots of employees and lots of products and stuff. You know, so, what's normal even on one side of the country is not in another. Yeah, we There's do- actually two mushroom dispensaries in one in Ottawa and one in Toronto that just opened. Shroomies,
0: yeah, Shroomies. I've open been open. there, yeah,
1: I went I there open for about a month. The Toronto one just got busted. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're just different kind of at- cultural attitudes, I would say, towards it.
0: So, does vellum ship internationally?
1: Yes, we do. We don't process orders through our website. It's just through email.
0: Okay. So if you're interested, then you just, and your email and all of that stuff is on the website, is it not for people to connect with you? Yeah, everything's
1: on there. And I'm happy to um, just give you that info to link for your clients in a post or whatever's easiest for you.
0: Yeah, we we can definitely do that. And I'll, well, I'll put all the links to your website and stuff on the, in the show notes for sure. So anyone listening anywhere in the world can access Vellum products. Yes,
1: absolutely. You can.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: so how to get started. Yes. this is the question we get all the time. Yeah. So one of the most common emails we get is I have anxiety and depression and I'm interested in starting microdosing. Um, so essentially the number one thing to do is decide on what your dose and product will be. So with people who have no experience at all with psychedelics, no experience with cannabis at all, I recommend starting with 50. We always recommend starting with the lowest dose if you are not experienced with cannabis or any of any other drugs. And that's 50
0: grams microdosing. Yeah. Milligrams. 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 <laughs> oh yeah, milligrams.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do not start with 50, 50 grams. <laughs> 50 grams, <laughs> grams. and you
0: do you'll die. You can be chewing mushrooms for half
1: an hour probably <laughs> to do that or more. more. Ah. Yeah. Very bad taste. Okay. Um, with the exception, see there's caveats to everything. Yep. If you are on SSRIs, if you have been on antidepressants any time in the last 10 years, I recommend starting at 100. 100 is our most popular microdose by far. We sell 10 times more of the 100 milligram enhances than any other product by okay. far. So that's a really safe place for people to start. Great. Um, so then you decide, are you just going to eat them every day you don't feel good? Are you going to follow a dosing protocol? You know, So are you going to do one day on, two days off? one day Or two days on, one day off? Or... You know, So, again, if you have more mild symptoms, I, it's essential that you take days off. Days off are the days often where really powerful insights come. That's where you're doing integrating, yep. and that's where you're able to maintain those feelings without the substance. So there's a rewiring there. So down days, off days are really, really important. If you have very extreme symptoms, you can eat them every day for a month or more. If you eat them every day for a month, then see how you feel at the end of the month. Ideally, you should take a week off. If the symptoms come back really severely, just continue. So it's really about assessing your symptom level, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. And I yeah. would imagine you have clients or, or people that use your product at all ends of the spectrum.
1: Usually, yeah. In terms of dosing? In
0: terms of dosing, yeah.
1: Yes. Like we, for example... We have clients, yeah, we have people who say the 50s are too strong and they can hardly take it. You know, they have to put half in a smoothie or something. And then we have people who are eating so the what, So what does too 100s. strong
0: mean? Like, that's the one thing that I oh. don't understand because like, I Sorry. didn't feel a single thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. So too strong is often people who have anxiety. So there is a kind of dysregulation within the nervous system already. Yeah. And so a new substance is perceived. And um, the reaction, the nervous system reaction is anxious, you know, so there's a heart rate, there's adrenaline, they're stimulating, they have sweaty palms, etc. So many clients who have anxiety say that that happens the first time they try it, because it's a new thing. And there's, you know, there's apprehension, there's um, anxiety about it, there's this kind of well-worn path towards these ang- anxious feelings in your body. And after about 15 minutes, that goes away completely and they get the effects of the microdose, the positive effects of it, you know? And then the next time they go to do it, that anxiety is much less because they know what's going to happen to them. Right. It's a a big unknown. I think the unknownness causes a lot of the distress that people feel. Yeah. Yeah, So it's too, it's too stimulating or they find it distracting or I'm not quite sure. Um, But then there's people like, for example, people who have had, you know, struggles with opioid use or they misused, um, or they've had issues with the misuse of painkillers, um, pain pills, pain things like that, you know, those people are eating two or three 200s a day as a microdose, you know, so a microdose to them is 200 in the morning, 200 in the afternoon, and 200 in the evening. It's a 600. That's that's over half a gram.
0: Interesting. Okay, so just going back to the like having a, a side effects, if you want to call it yeah. that from yeah. taking... Yep. So is that... So are people getting anxious because of the idea of taking psilocybin and the unknown or are they, or is it actually causing more anxiety?
1: This is it exactly. Like, <clears throat> or there's a do we know physiological this? sensation that is changing that they associate with anxiety. To them, this feeling of stimulation, this feeling of activation is how they define anxiety. Okay. But whether or not the, the actual psilocybin is causing anxiety per se, I mean, anxiety is a tough one. It's felt in the, in the mind, there's a series of thoughts often that are going, but really it's held in the body. There's a physiological sensation of yeah. distress, fear, adrenaline, activation, etc. cetera. So it really is hard to say for me from the outside, whether or not like there's a mental state that's increasing a physiological state or if the actual psilocybin is causing the physiological state. But either way, those clients continue to take them Mm -hmm. and the benefits are still experienced. I do tell people with anxiety, there's an initial period where a new sensation, something unknown is being felt. And that can seem like anxiety. It can seem like the old pattern.
0: Have you ever experienced anyone with an extreme negative effect?
1: The most extreme negative effect that we get feedback about, which is extremely rare, is people who will eat like 10 grams and say that nothing can happen to them. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it is that just they're just like, so blocked?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because we've had a few theories about people like this. Um, I think there's a certain level of tuned-inness and like self-awareness that you need to be able to even perceive substances or microdosing and again nothing against anyone this isn't like a hack on these people
0: hundred percent no yeah
1: I I think that there is a level of like body awareness and self-awareness and contact with self that's needed to know if these things are even affecting you
0: and Mm -hmm. if that's not
1: practiced if you're not practiced with tuning into yourself and being like what's happening for me like how do I feel how is this affecting me it can seem like nothing is happening and then, as I mentioned, the SSRIs, it's possible. there There is a very, 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 very tiny population for whom psilocybin does not affect them, like genetically. There's some kind of thing where their brain is just not stimulated by it.
0: Interesting. And I find it also yeah. interesting how like, so when Michael and I took the trip, Michael's like 65 pounds more than me. And we took the mm-hmm. same dose and had the same yeah. blow up in the mind. It's not like alcohol yeah. where there's like a blood alcohol level. Why is that?
1: Yeah. That they, it's interesting, actually. I'm on a mushroom thread with a bunch of professionals. There's about 700 of us on there, and so we're just constantly asking every question that you can imagine. And yeah. one of them that comes up often is body mass, body weight, and does it affect you the same way? Because the science says that it does, it does affect you the same way. The body mass has nothing to do with it. Yeah. However, in my experience there are physiological factors that can influence how affected you feel. For example, is your stomach full or empty? How is your stomach health? How is your digestion? How is your absorption of products, minerals, et cetera? You know what I mean? I do. How, yeah, how much is, are you somebody who feels things instantly or are you somebody who takes a long time? You know, is your gut full? Is your bloodstream? You know what I mean? I do think that these things affect it. I do. A huge man, I would suggest eating more simply because of the way the, the actual bloodstream is moving things around in you. Okay. So it's not like weight based, Yeah. but you have to take into consideration your form. You know, somebody who's only 50 or hundred pounds is probably going to be feeling that effect more quickly simply because things are going through, through the system at a much faster rate than somebody who's 350 pounds. It's going to take longer for things to be moving around in there. Yeah. Um, I'm actually not even well-versed in that, but the effect on the areas of the brain should be similar. Got it. Do you know what I mean? I do. That substance. So it's more about how the substance is being processed that can affect the experience. The actual dose should be pretty similar. But I I do think diet is a big factor. It's a big factor. Huge. You know, yeah. Nutritional absorption, big factor in how you're going to be affected by these things, whether or not you're going to get gut rot or like stomach pain. It's very, very rare, but some people do experience stomach um, upset from mushrooms. That's why we created the gems as well, because they're fully extract based. So there's no actual material in there. So it eliminates stomach upset for people.
0: Oh, that's the the recreational dose.
1: Yeah, the gems for sure. And you can always chop those into four if you want to try a micro dose or quarters or halves or
0: whatever. OK, I, th- I want to try it. I want to try it tonight. OK, yeah, when we yeah. did our when we did our macro dose, we fasted. So we were completely empty yeah. stomach. Well, yeah. some fruit. Um... Yeah, no,
1: that's very important. Yeah, I think it's very valuable. Very important. I mean, because you can feel not great and also you just, um, you know, you're there to be in contact with yourself and that substance. You're not there to be like digesting and processing food and stuff. I I do think those preparatory things are really valuable.
0: Okay. And on that note, pre-macro dose, when I was using the Heal micro dosing three times a week, I was just popping them like in the morning or when I thought of it or whatever. It was part of my routine and whatever. I macro dosed. Went to the end of the universe and back. And now, when I microdose, I've incorporated just like this intuitive intention setting space. So I don't just take it with my multivitamins like you would, you know, in the, the day of the hustle. Oh, there's a pill or whenever you normally take pills. Now I yeah. take it, I take some deep breaths sometimes right before I meditate. And I just kind of, you know, give myself at least five minutes of presence in my body set an intention for the, for the medicine and then get on with my day. Cause you know, shit happens. So I have to work and do sh- stuff. It's not like I'm taking this and not working all day. I'm taking it in my normal day-to-day routine, but setting an intention. What is there? Wh- well,
1: that's ideal.
0: That's what ideal. Thinking. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's
0: What's the, <laughs> okay. Ideal. Um,
1: Cause essentially we are cultivating a relationship with self. You know, this is about your life and what you're trying to create for yourself and your reality. And um, even five minutes, taking five minutes to, um, you know, kind of focus on what it is that you are, what matters to you, essentially. Mm -hmm. You're basically creating a space to focus in on what is important for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that has a lot of value. Um, and it increases the effectiveness of a microdosing. You know, I think it opens you to what's possible with that tool.
0: I kind of feel okay. like is that because that was a huge part of like the big dose in our ritual. We did a lot of intention setting, and then I just kind of felt right to do it. It's almost like I have this relationship with this mushroom now, and I'm like, well, <laughs> that's the right word. The yeah. ritual. The you know? okay. Because
1: I think making our lives more of a <clears throat> more of a ceremony. Oh, that's you know, so having great. this because. Essentially what ritual and, um, these patterns are a container. We're creating a container and each of these rituals, each of these habits, each of these behaviors is like a brick in the container, you know, that makes it more solid for us. Mm-hmm. And the container is the thing that holds us in reality, you know, and if we meditate and if we exercise and if we do these things, we, each each block in the container becomes more solid, you know, so that when yeah. something happens, it's there for us, you know, we are held
0: by it. It's so beautiful. Okay. Before the show started, I was like, okay, we're going to go 40 minutes <laughs> We're <be> like over <laughs> an hour now. I'm so sorry. I'm I, a bad talker. I, I bad want bad to keep hours. going. And so I, I know this isn't the end of our journey together. And I'm really, really excited that A, I got to know you a little bit better. B, I found your product and C, like just your energy and your story and what you're doing is impacting so many people, myself included. I'm just so grateful and thankful for all the work that you're doing and thank just you, being this it's light great. in
1: the world. Oh. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you and to have these conversations, really. And I'm so appreciative that you um, are so tuned into what we're trying to do here. <laughs> you really get it. And I appreciate
0: that. You really get it. And thank you for holding the space for people that are healing and growing and go, moving through this unique experience for holding them to do that. It's so amazing.
1: The transformation is really my passion. So thanks so much for giving me <laughs> this opportunity. Um, I hope your listeners may have some questions for me too.
0: Yeah. So where can they find you?
1: For sure. Uh, our website is bellum, B-E-L-L-U-M health.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at bellumhealth.
0: Amazing. And I'll have all those links in the show notes. Thank you, May, so much for being here today.
1: My pleasure. And um, I'd like to give you a discount code for your
0: audience, too, if they'd be interested. Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we'll get that. And I'll put that in the show notes, too. And I'll, I'll share it on Instagram. And if anyone has any questions, whether you're listening to this today, like on the day it was released or in months to come, DM us, contact us, talk to us. Yeah. Cause this is like so new and it's a little bit scary. It's intimidating. Um, but also so
1: freaking great. <laughs> yeah. It's something new and exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's real potential here. So I think it has the possibility to help a lot of people. It's very exciting.
0: Okay. Well, we'll have to chat again.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Until- Thanks so much, Elisa.
0: Until next time.
1: Have a great day.
0: Okay. I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. For more information on how you can benefit from Vellum Health, go to vellumhealth.com, V-E-L-L-U-M health.com. And don't forget to use the promo code ELISA15 at checkout. Interested in joining us in Mexico this February? Go to elisaunfilteredcoachingcom forward slash healing retreat 2023. All the links are in the show notes. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.